a person thinks his iman is still there. But because of some kind of wrong statement which goes completely against the fundamentals of deen, person sometimes mocks some aspect of sunnah, person casts doubt on something that is established directly from the Qur'an Sharif, as a result he has already lost this iman, it's that seed that has decayed. The person planted the seed and thought someday the tree will grow, but it's already decayed and it's already totally nothing. So, the iman nevertheless, if it's there, it's there deep down in the heart, nobody can see it. But we have been told in this Hadith Sharif that that is not where it must finish off. This iman must bring forth its stems, it must bring forth its branches, it must bring forth the flowers. So this stem of iman and this trunk of iman, which is this faith in Allah wa ta'ala and all the various fundamentals of deen, then this tree must bring out its branches of the correct life of a Muslim, it must bring out the beautiful akhlaq of a believer, that flowers must be something that a person can see from miles away and be attracted to the tree, the flowers of good muasharat, social life, social interaction, the beautiful fruit of akhlaq, which will go far and wide, will bring people from far and wide into Islam and Deen, the wonderful dealings of a Muslim, that this will be the beautiful fragrance that will come out of this tree. So this is the lesson that has been given, that this tree of Iman mustn't just remain at the seed level. It must bring forth its ibadat. person now has got salah in his life, zakat is due, he's performing, uh, he's fulfilling and discarding the zakat, his hajj is compulsory upon him, and he's fulfilling his hajj, and over and above all the other fundamentals, he has the out of the Qur'an Sharif in his life, the book of Allah Ta'ala, how many things the person reads throughout the day, and how much of the Qur'an Sharif and the Kalam of Allah Ta'ala do we recite. So, he should have the out of the Qur'an Sharif in his life, he should have zikr and the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. How many things the person sings along and listens to and thinks about, but how much does the person think about Allah Ta'ala? How much does he remember Allah Ta'ala? So a mu'min, all these branches will be in his life. The branch of ibadat, the branch of tilawat, the branch of zikr, all this is ibadat also. The farz ibadat and the nafil ibadat. So this will be one very big branch in him, in his life. The branch of mu'amalat, correct monetary dealings. That will be a branch that will be in his life. The branch of mu'asharat, social life, how he deals with his own family, his parents, his wife, his children, his neighbors, and his family, and the whole community, and the whole ummah at large. And then, how he deals in terms of akhlaq, what is the kind of character that he displays. All these are things that will be part of his life. This is the tree that he's being told about, that a person who has iman must bring forth this tree of iman as well. So this is the example that Nabi Islam is giving, that al-iman bid'u wa sab'una shu'batan. Iman has more than 70 branches. Our understanding of a tree is a small tree, maybe a little bigger tree, a very big tree. But we can never imagine what is the tree of Iman. This is beyond our wildest imaginations. And what is the fruit of Iman? What are the flowers of Iman? What is the fragrance that this Iman can give? And this is the fruit and flowers and fragrance that the Sahaba possessed. And as a result, when they came to countries far away from their homeland, 
They came to countries where they were the only Muslims initially. But they changed everything in that country to the extent that they changed the language of the people also. Now the language is not something that changes just like that. It changes over a long period of time when people have adopted a completely new culture. In other words, these few people came and they lived such a life and they displayed such a way of life that people were attracted to everything about them. They were attracted to their ibadat, they were attracted to their muamalat, they were attracted to their muasharat, their social life, they were attracted to their akhlaq, they were attracted to anything and everything. And as a result, they even adopted their language also. Can you imagine a few dozen people in a country and the whole country eventually takes the language of those few people also. In so many countries of Africa, North Africa, the official language is Arabic. But where was Arabic initially? <coughs> initially it was not Arabic. It became Arabic after the Sahaba came and settled. So this is the, what they possessed. It was this fragrance of Iman that attracted. It was this fruit of Iman which they tasted when they came into contact with these people. It was all these flowers of Iman that attracted them from a distance. So this is the first lesson that we get out of this example that Nabi Salaam gives. That Iman is like this tree with more than 70 branches. Then فَأَفْضَلُهَا قَوْلُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ The greatest branch of this Iman, which is actually the trunk itself, which emanates from the root, itself, from the root and the seed itself, is لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ This Iman, the expression of this Iman. One is the faith in the heart, then what is required is also the expression of this Iman. So the zikr of this La ilaha illallah, the, what is being referred to primarily is this Iman itself. But the wording of the Hadith Sharif also, every word has a deep lesson in it. So Nabi Islam says, فَأَفْضَلُهَا قَوْلُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That the greatest branch of Iman is the saying of La ilaha illallah. Now one is the saying of La ilaha illallah that brings a person into Iman itself. So a person wants to become a Muslim, so he will believe in his heart and he will express it with his tongue also. That is also a requirement that he will now have to express that kalima with his tongue. But it doesn't, it's not something that a person now will suffice with saying it once in his life and then it's done. And neither will he suffice upon it just at the time of going to sleep, now he will recite the kalima one time and go to sleep. No, this is something that will become part of his life. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says, a person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily. Now what is being given to us? A prescription of keeping this Iman alive, of keeping this Iman fresh, that a person repeatedly is reminding himself, La ilaha illallah, there is none worthy of worship but Allah. Allah Ta'ala is unique. Allah Ta'ala has no partner. Allah Ta'ala has no children and no wife and no family. Allah Ta'ala is the creator and sustainer. Allah Ta'ala is the nourisher. Allah Ta'ala alone grants shifa and cure from every illness. Allah Ta'ala alone is the provider of risk and sustenance. Allah Ta'ala alone is the doer and the controller of the universe. Every day that he is reciting repeatedly La ilaha illallah, he is repeatedly reminding himself of this essential aspect of his iman. The very root of his Iman. Everything else, the rest of the building of Iman stands on this foundation. So this, when this will remain alive, this will remain strengthened. Now a person at every juncture will be conscious of Allah. 
when he will want to look at something, he will be conscious of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is all-knowing, all-seeing. What if I am looking at, Allah Ta'ala is looking at me. So if I am looking at something that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with, then where is my hayai gone, where is my shame gone? How can I displease my Creator, my Sustainer, who grants me everything and has granted me everything? So when this Iman is alive in the heart, is fresh, when this is a living Iman, it is not just that seed hidden under the ground, that now when he wants to look at something, this Iman will stop him from looking at what, if it is wrong. If it is haram, he won't look at it. If he wants to say something, he wants to start using some flowery language, some vulgar languages, he wants to say something that is wrong, that is ghibat, that is backbiting, or he wants to start lying, or whatever else, whatever sin of the tongue. Now when he is all the time daily repeating and reminding himself, La ilaha illallah, Allah Ta'ala is the doer, Allah Ta'ala is the controller, Allah Ta'ala is the know of everything. Allah Ta'ala knows, يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْيُنِ وَمَا تُخْفِ الصُّدُورِ He knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. What is the person's intentions? What are his motives? So when this is something alive within him, now he will be conscious of what he speaks. And when the wrong thing is coming on his tongue, he will first remember and realize that I am the servant of Allah Ta'ala. My tongue is also the gift of Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala has commanded, Say to my servants to say that which is correct, which is right, which is the best thing to say. So now he will control his tongue. He wants to listen to the wrong things. He wants to listen to music. He wants to listen to something else which is sinful. Now when he's got this iman alive in his heart, that will stop him from listening to what is wrong. His hand wants to stretch out to something wrong. But this la ilaha illallah is alive in his heart. It's not just something hidden under the cover. Now that will stop the hand from touching that which is not permissible for him. Yes. He wants to go to some place that is haram. The temptations are dragging him towards the clubs and towards whatever else. But that la ilaha illallah is alive within him. And that will stop his feet from walking towards that which is haram. So this is the first thing that fa'afdaluha qawlu la ilaha illallah. That the greatest branch of this imam is la ilaha illallah. And the beast also is saying the person who recites is la ilaha illallah a hundred times daily. Then what will be the result of this? Allah Ta'ala will grant him the great honor that on the day of Qiyamah his face will shine like the 14th moon. And his face shining like the 14th moon, this will be granted to somebody who is going to be rejected. This will be granted to somebody who is accepted. So the person can only be accepted if he left this world accepted. So what this means is that with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will open the doors of righteous actions for him. And Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of staying away from haram, staying away from sins. This will become the guiding light for him. He's doing it daily, he's doing it dedicatedly, he's doing it sincerely, he's doing it for Allah Ta'ala alone. So this brings us to that very important lesson of zikr. There are so many injunctions in the Quran Sharif, but there is nothing where Allah Ta'ala has, together with the injunction, added the word excessively. That do this excessively. The injunction of salah, five times daily salah, there is no question about missing it. That is compulsory upon every Muslim. So that is there in the Quran Sharif repeatedly, over 600 times. But there isn't any particular place where it is mentioned, perform salah excessively. Fasting is in the Quran Sharif. Zakat is in the Quran Sharif. So many other aspects excessively is not mentioned with it. But when it comes to the aspect of zikr, 
Allah Ta'ala says, Udhikuru Allaha zikran kathira. Remember Allah Ta'ala excessively, in abundance. And other ayat of the Quran Sharif, another ayat also Allah Ta'ala mentions the same thing. Again it comes with this, excessively. So this excessive remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, does this mean that a person all the time is going to sit in the masjid, all the time with a tasbih in his hand, and he making zikr all the time? That too is required that some time is dedicated. One is why the person is walking and moving and driving, etc. That too he'll keep his tongue. To some extent engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. One Sahabi came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he said that there are so many aspects of deen, meaning optional aspects. The nafils, the mustahab things. There are so many things. But what does a person take and what does he leave? He's like sitting at a dastarkhan at the table with a whole variety of foods and all delicacies, but at one time he can somehow manage to eat only so much, at one time he can't eat everything. So likewise all the various forms of nafil ibadah, the various forms of azkar and tasbihat and various other aspects of good, there's so many of it, person can only do so much at one time, then he can do something at another time. So he asked Nabi Islam, tell me something I can do all the time. Tell me something that I can atashab basu bihi. I can hold fast on to it, something that can become part and parcel of my life. So Nabi Islam replied to him and said, La yazadu lisanuka ratbam min dhikrillah. That keep your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah. This is something that should be an ongoing thing. Every now and again, a person's tongue is remembering Allah. Because with the excessive remembrance of Allah with the tongue, then that which the tongue repeats comes into the heart eventually. Person keeps talking dunya with his tongue all the time. In time, dunya enters his heart, and then he thinks dunya, he sleeps dunya, he eats dunya. Everything all the time, 24/7 is dunya, and Deen will find some gap here and there. But when a person has repeatedly been remembering Allah Taala, then this will be come part of his life, and dunya will find its gaps. Out of necessity, to the extent of necessity, he'll put dunya up in the gaps. So this is the purpose of this excessive remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, repeatedly taking the name of Allah Ta'ala, so this Sahabi Nabi Islam said to him, keep your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. But the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is not confined to the verbal vigor. That is a very essential part. The person who is constantly, consciously in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, he is in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. كُلُّ مُطِيعٍ لِلَّهِ the person who is obedient to Allah Ta'ala is in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. A person is being tempted to look at haram, to cast a lustful glance, and at that time he consciously turned his gaze away that my Allah is looking. And my Allah is forbidden this. Say to the believing men they must lower their gazes and they must protect their chastity. So my Allah is forbidden this haram glance. So I am not going to cast this glance. At that time, he is head to toe in zikr. Though at that time, his tongue was not perhaps reciting anything, but his heart was immersed in zikr. And from head to toe, he was in the remembrance of Allah. He was being tempted to touch something haram. And at that time, he reminded himself that this is something my Allah has forbidden. How can I displease my creator, my benefactor, my sustainer, my nourisher? That Allah who is every moment granting me this free air to breathe. Shaykh Sadi Rahmatullah says, 
that on every breath there are two sugar required. That if a person can't breathe, that will be moth, that will be death. So now he took one breath in, that requires sugar, Allah that enabled him to take that breath in. And if he cannot then take it out, he cannot exhale, then too he will lead to death. So every breath that he took requires thanking Allah Ta'ala and being grateful to him twice. And in order to be grateful to him, you need to breathe still. So this will continue to infinity. So in other words, we can never ever be grateful enough to Allah Ta'ala. And that is the peak of an insan's gratitude that he says, La ufsi thana'an alayk, anta kama asnayta ala nafsik. Allah, I can never ever express my gratitude in reality to you. You are as you have praised yourself. But the least gratitude is that a person now is in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So a person who is at that time tempted by haram and he holds himself back consciously, this is the command of Allah Ta'ala. He's been tempted to listen to haram. He's been tempted to speak something haram. And at that time he restrains himself. My Allah has forbidden this. He might not have been reciting anything at that time, but from head to toe at that time he is in dhikr. He's being offered some deal, which is a very lucrative deal. But the deal has elements of haram in it. There's interest involved in it. The deal is wrong. Something is not correct in it. So he is restraining himself because Allah Ta'ala has forbidden this. He might not have been saying one word at that time from head to toe. He is zikr at that time. So this is the zikr that is being explained to us. That فَأَفْضَلُهَا قَوْلُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That the greatest branch of iman is this la ilaha illallah. And then the Nabi Salaam says, وَأَدْنَاهَا إِمَا تَصُلْ أَذَا عَنِ الْطَرِيقِ That the smallest branch of iman, but we're talking about the branch of iman. Our minds can only imagine small things as small. This smallest branch of iman is bigger than the biggest branch we've ever seen. It is bigger than the biggest tree we've ever seen. It's a branch of iman. So Nabi Salaam says the lowest and the smallest, the smallest branch of iman, this is comparatively speaking, is to remove something from the pathway which will cause any inconvenience to the next person. Anything that will cause any kind of inconvenience to the next person, the person removed it out of the way. So he was walking somewhere. This is an example. He was walking somewhere, something is lying on the pathway. Some thorn or some dirt or whatever it may be. So somebody is now passing, somebody else is going to pass, they're going to be inconvenienced. So this person takes it upon himself to now remove this out of the way. Why? Because others must not be inconvenienced. So this is a branch of Iman. Now if this is the smallest branch of Iman, that he is conscious that somebody else, this is not my problem. Normally that this is not my problem, somebody else dropped it. Yes. His problem. The beast asks me saying, it's somebody else's problem and your opportunity to bring alive a branch of Iman. Whoever did it, it might have been somebody else in the house, somebody placed something in the wrong place, dropped something somewhere, it might be somewhere else in, in a public place, wherever it might be, it might be in the masjid, you see the Muslim's job, not my job. It might be whoever's job, but it's my opportunity to bring alive a branch of Iman. Now, if a person is conscious of bringing alive this branch of Iman, that somebody else's problem, he is moving it out of the way, so that others are not inconvenienced. Where will he deliberately give that gift to anybody else? When he is conscious of moving out other people's problem that they have dropped in the way, so that other Muslims and other insan are not caused that leave, where will he deliberately go and cause that leave and difficulty and hardship to anyone? Now, this is the effect of bringing alive this branch of Iman. 
Imatatul Adha'ani Tariq. So this is a very great thing. In the Hadith Sharif it comes, the Beast Lassam says that in, I, went, I saw Jannah. And I saw all the bounties of Jannah. And I even saw the bounties and the great rewards of that person who picked up some dirt and threw it away from the masjid. But there was something lying, something had fallen from somewhere or whatever. And he came and took the opportunity and picked it up and he discarded it where it's supposed to be discarded. I saw the rewards of that person also. And this must have been how great that Nabi Islam saw this as well. So all these things outwardly to us might seem like, by the way, might seem something just trivial, but there is nothing trivial in being. Nabi Islam says that La tahqiranna min al-ma'rufi shay'a don't ever regard any aspect of being to be minor, to be trivial, to be unimportant. Even though you are merely meeting your Muslim brother with a smile, don't regard this as a minor thing, as something, well, what happened? What, what's great about it? This too is also very great. This too is something that will bring great reward, provided it's done with ikhlas, with sincerity, with the right intention. So, Nabi Islam says that this is the lower, the smallest branch of Iman. And haya, shame, modesty, this is a huge branch of Iman. This is the greatest, the biggest branch, this is the smallest branch. In between comes the various other branches of Iman. Among them one very great branch is haya. Out of the 70 odd branches, this is being given special mention because this is a branch from which so many other branches sprout out. If there's haya, there's shame, there'll be respect. Many a times a child sometimes is reprimanded for something that he did which was against respect. It was against etiquette. But how is he reprimanded? Don't you have any shame? <coughs> that is a reprimand. Now he did something against etiquette, against respect. But the reprimand is about shame. Because lack of shame has resulted in the lack of respect. And when haya breaks down, when shame and modesty break down, then iman is at a risk. In the hadith, Nabi Islam says that iman and haya coexist. Iman and haya, iman wal haya wa qurana wa jami'a. Ila rufi'a ahaduhuma rufi'a al-akhar. These two things coexist. When one has gone completely, the other one won't stay. When haya has totally left a person, every bit of haya is gone, very difficult for iman to remain. And in the hadith, Nabi Islam says, Ila fataka al-haya fat'al mashi'a. If a person has lost his haya, he'll do anything. He won't be bothered about who says what, who thinks what, whether his now own children are looking at him in embarrassment, he won't bother. His own wife is now saying, what is going on in this house? How can you behave like this? It won't matter to him. The whole community can be seeing what he's getting up to, it won't bother him. Because he's lost his haya, and as a result, he then loses haya from Allah also. So it starts off from first losing haya in one level, and then it goes to Allah for good, to the worst level. So this is what Nabi Islam is cautioning us against. And this haya, it erodes very, very gradually. A person doesn't even realize what happened. Fifty years ago, the kind of dressing that nowadays has become norm. Even kuffar women would not have worn it. Fifty years ago, they would have regarded this as totally as a disgrace to wear it. Now a Muslim woman wears it and everybody is happy about it. The father is happy about it, the husband is happy about it, everybody is comfortable with it. Whereas 50 years ago, a kafir woman would have regarded it as a disgrace also. 
They have gone now 100 steps beyond this too. But where have we dropped to? And this is the erosion of Haya. That kind of literature that comes in the home, that newspaper that comes in the home, which 25, 30 years ago would have been regarded as pornographic by even the Kupar press. They would have never dared to publish those pictures or whatever. With the passing of time that has come in a Muslim home and mother and son are reading it together. Father and daughter are reading it in the front of one another. And everybody is quite comfortable with it. This is the signs of Haya having eroded tremendously. And this is a very, very dangerous thing because when this keeps sliding, then the kind of unspeakable things will happen which Allah Ta'ala forbid. So, this is something the Islam is cautioning us against. Well, Haya ushu'batum min al-Iman, that Haya is a very great branch of Iman. This branch of Iman has to remain alive, has to be protected, has to be jealously guarded. And anything that brings about this breakdown of Haya, the media, the newspapers, and whatever else, to the extent that even the juice bottle on the table now, which is passed from hand to hand with that filthy picture on it, nobody feels anything about it. All these things we have to become very guarded against and protect ourselves, protect our families, protect one and all, then inshallah we'll perhaps be able to to some extent reverse this flood of behayai, this flood of immorality. Otherwise this then starts sweeping anything and everything in his path. Every home comes in his path. Allah Ta'ala grant us a tawfiq of bringing all these branches of iman alive. The first thing that we also mentioned was la ilaha illallah. Bringing this la ilaha illallah alive in our hearts. And avoiding giving anybody any taklif, moving other people's inconvenience out of the way. And the aspect of Hayat, Allah Ta'ala give us all the coffee.